0: That's heritageradionetwork.org/15 to donate and enter to win today, and make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: The future of farms is the future of food. No farms, no future is a new podcast from American Farmland Trust and Heritage Radio Network. Listen today.
2: Welcome to Pizza Quest. I'm Peter Reinhardt, a man on a never-ending search for the perfect pizza. This show is the audio version of the Pizza Talk YouTube series where I engage in interesting conversations with some of the country's greatest pizza makers and other artisans. Thanks for joining me on this quest. Welcome to Pizza Talk. I'm Peter Reinhardt, and I am here today with my friend Seiler Chapman, Charlotte's probably most famous pizza maker, world champion, uh, you, what is, what's the team the, the world, world pizza champions team, uh, for years. And, uh, I the thing that always amazes me is when I see Siler, because we get together every now and then, uh, is that when I first moved here 17 years ago, he was just a kid. You were like a teenager or just coming out of your teens, already had your own pizzeria. Uh, but you were already on the, on the, uh, world, uh, pizza champions team. And, uh, and ever since then, a whole lot of other stuffs happened. You're a family man now. You've had pizzerias, you've had operations, and now you've got a mobile pizzeria called King of Fire. And so, Sai, uh, I need you to kind of catch us up because 17 years went by in a blur. Um, most of the time, I see you. You know, I bring you in when I'm doing some kind of an event, and we need somebody to put on a great show, and you and you do some of your uh, you know your acrobatic work. But really, what's happening with King of Fire that I've noticed is, is that it is since it's opened in the last year or so, it has become, in my opinion, the best pizza in Charlotte. And, uh, and I don't know how you're doing it, but somehow you're making it work through this crazy COVID period and, uh, and you're kicking it. So bring us up to date. Yeah, no. So yeah, Peter, thank you. Um, you know, and that that's
3: an honor for you to say that, but yes, yeah, so COVID um, definitely changed a lot. You know, we were trying to start up a, a more catering side of things. Um, having the, you know, the fire within trailer as a ambiance piece. And then all of a sudden COVID happens and then all weddings were canceled. All private events were canceled. So what do you do? You know, it's like, Oh, so we've got another fire within trailer just went in more debt and said, um, because the one trailer can only do catering. Our new trailer can do, um, you know, it can do more um, vending. I, I, you know, for the health department reasons, it has to be enclosed. Like
2: for so, we ended say up that. say it again for like pop ups and things like that.
3: Yeah, yeah. So and so then that allowed us. Now the neighborhoods are wanting us to come inside and actually serve the neighborhoods where people don't have to leave. All the restaurants are closed anyways. So or the ones that were you know fine dining and stuff. So, while everybody was scrambling trying to figure out their takeout part, we're already in the neighborhoods, already serving pizzas. We're already doing pre-orders, no cash transfers. Everybody was just being able to come up in the truck, say their name, we put their pizzas on the on the counter, and they could grab and go. And that literally changed everything for us.
2: So are they, are they paying uh, via an app of some sort? They're using your app? Yeah, just uh, just online ordering.
3: Yeah, straight through Square uh, offers, uh, you know, your online store, and they would place their order, put what time they wanted to pick it up, and we'd have it ready to go, nice and hot and fresh, ready to go.
2: So most people are buying whole pies. So you're not selling it by the slice uh, at, this, at this point?
3: Correct, correct. Yeah, it was 100% just whole piles anywhere from a 16-inch to a 10-inch is what we offered.
2: Because so. you know, you used to park uh, one day a week. You used to park right outside my office at Johnson & Wales in that plaza between Bank of America and Johnson and & Wales. And you had a whole line of people coming out there, but you were just selling it by the slice then. And so that whole yep. business model has, has changed as well then
3: yeah absolutely yeah so being not being able to do you know when you're doing high volume like that slices are definitely the way to go but now as a year later now that we haven't been there we're doing ten inch, you know lunch pizzas and that's even going even better mm. uh, so instead of doing slices so we've had to revamp our whole entire you know operation around this piece and it's it's been for the
2: best. So and you and you have two now. You have two mobile uh, units, right? And what is no, use, use fire just had within? No, we Third one. Now you have three, and these yeah, are all fire within <laughs> uh, designs. Uh,
3: no, yes. Yeah, so two of the um, enclosed fire within trailers, and then one of the open. They call it the caterer fire within, and they all three have the Forno bravo ovens on them.
2: Wow, interesting. That's uh, that's amazing. Because again, we got to go back now. 17 years, when I first met you, you had, I think it was called Size, was that it called Size Pizzeria, uh, down in in, uh, uh, like Indian Land or South Charlotte, yeah, Indian Land, which is on the border of North and South Carolina, and uh, so kind of give us a a, kind of a quick recap of that journey from then till now. Yeah, so we ended up, um, you know, I started my first restaurant, it was Size Pizzeria,
3: we ended up... um, grew those to three locations during the time I was, you know, originally meeting you. Um, and we ran with that till that was from 2001 to 2007. And then, um, a gentleman by the name of Joe Drury came in, he owned all the rights for Bojangles. He literally owned the corporation wow, and he was just selling Bojangles to, uh, some guys here in Charlotte and, Ended up, he bought the rights for uh, North and South Carolina for Donato's Pizza. And he came to me and was like, "Salary, you know, this is what you always wanted. We can cookie cutter, you know, it's a cookie cutter style pizza uh, Mm -hmm. that we can just, you know, just open them up left and right. And Mm -hmm. um, from 2007 to 2012, we ended up opening and operating 15 of them.
2: Wait a a minute, you said 2007, that sounds like a scary era, 2007, 2008. Is, is that fit into the story here? Yes.
3: Yeah, so we totally were opening stores when everything was going crazy and downfalling. We were, you know, we were opening stores left and right. Not even, we, we couldn't even keep up with what the world was doing. We were just so busy with our head down just opening restaurants. So
2: And, and then, and then the, the, uh, the banks collapsed and everything went crazy out there. How did that affect business?
3: Uh, so 2010 and 11 was the roughest years of our life. I mean, we lost millions of dollars very quickly. Um, we took all of the end of 2011 and all of 2012 to get back right and profitable, and uh, kind of get above where we could be able to sell off our portion of the company and um, wow, and get out at the right time. So,
2: so you were able to you were able to get in and get out intact, and and then I know you 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 hooked up with. Uh, with Michael out in Ohio, your teammate and started your own company, right? Uh, like a consulting firm.
3: Yeah. So, you know, I took a non-compete there for a while, so I couldn't really do anything. I was still a part of the team and doing Vegas and pizza expo and all that. Um, but what, um, while I was sitting on the sidelines, eventually me and Michael got together and started perfecting pizza. And I think that was in 2018 and we started, uh, Online consulting that was for 25 bucks a month, you could jump on to Perfecting Pizza and have unlimited resources to the pizza industry uh, any um, handbooks, checklists, how to videos on every style of uh, pizza. And then that just went gangbusters, landed us a really cool, you know, opportunities doing some really big consulting jobs for some big firms out there. And wow. um, when we were out, West, we were at a winery and we saw the first fire within trailer out there, and I said, "Oh my goodness, I have to get one of these. <laughs> this is the coolest thing." And Peter, you know, in the last five years, pizza's really changed. It, um, you know, everybody wanted to do the, you know, how fast can we make it? How fast can we get it out? Da 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 To now, everybody's being very, um, I'm, I'm looking for the right word, but more authentic. Uh-huh. more um, creative style pizzas. And me and Michael yeah. looked at each other and said, man, we got to step up our cooking game because if we're going to be relevant, we got to need to be able to do all styles and be able to be um, be the best at doing that
2: as well. And, 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 and Michael, Michael, who you referred to as Michael Shepard, who was also a successful pizza operator in Ohio, right? And a yeah. world champion like yourself. Uh, and so the two of you became friends and kind of put your, your talents together. You actually wrote, Training manuals and operation manuals. Basically, if somebody uh, signed on with you, you would give them a whole blueprint for how to run a successful operation.
3: Absolutely, and and it took us two years to write the content. You know, we thought we could get in, write the content in six months, and be up and running. No, this thing took two years to it's like really yeah. define. Yeah. yeah, and it's sitting in front of a computer for sixty hours a week. It was it was tough, you know, and. um but once we got it, we got it and it's there, you know, and, and now we just update it and, and
2: keep it, you know, relevant to today's market. And So people still coming to you and you, is, that, is Perfecting Peaches still happening or are you so busy with yeah. King of Fire that you can't do it?
3: Well, no, it, it, um, no. So yes, we do King of Fire and Perfecting Pizza full time on both sides. Um, now, oh, to be Tony, young! <laughs> yeah. So Tony Gimiani, uh, Scott Anthony, and Nick Bogaz has now uh, become owners of Perfecting Pizza with me and Michael. Wow! And we have so much stuff coming in the pipeline that it's gonna, it's gonna be uh, the next thing. So.
2: Well, yeah, I love hearing that. I love the, hearing the fact that. That you've taken, you've synergized, so to speak, you know, the talents of, of essentially your world champion pizza team and are bringing them now into the consulting realm. So all those talents now become available to people who want to tap into it.
3: Yeah. And you're, and you're talking to some of the top guys in the industry right now that have changed the world in pizza now are going to be writing content and helping us grow the the word out there because at the end of the day Peter we're all in it together and and we want everybody to be successful like I mean I love you used to give back you taught me different dough recipes you taught me so many things when I was little and, and I've never been able to have that opportunity and now with perfecting pizza I can give back to all my mistakes I did mm. and and streamline it for so many new people coming up in the industry.
2: It's That's amazing. It's great. It's great. And of course, we, we learn so much more from our mistakes than from our victories. Yeah. So that, so that and now hopefully you can uh, fast track other people so they don't have to make those same mistakes. But they still will. Everyone's going to make their mistakes, but at least you can navigate them through it, and which is great. Uh, so King of Fire came along a couple of years ago. You launched. I saw the the first time I saw, you know, the the uh, the trailer pull up in front of Johnson and Wales and and you were making pizzas. You actually made pizzas for an event that I was involved in and yep. uh we're cranking them out and um and so how's aside from the fact that now you're not selling it by the slice but by the whole pie um, what else are you applying from what you were saying about how the, the the pizza world has changed whether it's the artisan aspect or the you know creative side uh how's that impacting your menu oh um uh it's totally different now so you know
3: being on the East Coast versus the West Coast. West Coast, they're very authentic and, and love the weird stuff. Where I feel like here in North Carolina, nobody really gets that yet, you know?
2: Well, so, everyone else uh, thinks we're the weird ones.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and people still like meat on pizza over here, you know? So like, <laughs> what
2: is that, you know? Yeah, right. Um,
3: so one of the things I wanted to do was, is, you know, I knew coming into this and knowing what people like and what they don't like is, one of the biggest thing is, only 5% here in, in Charlotte really like true Neapolitan style pizza. Um, so, with that being said, I was like, you know what? We got to come up with a hybrid crust. And you and I have a series on perfecting pizza about the different styles of all the different crusts. And, That's right. I made a video with you, didn't I? Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And so, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, what could we do? So, we call it American wood fired. Because I am using a higher protein flour, but I am also using a Polish starter to give it that fluffy taste, but still getting that crunch that everybody really uh-huh. wants.
2: So you're not and baking the, like a, a 60 second pizza, you're, you're baking them no. longer, getting them crispier.
3: Yep. I'm, I'm using about a three to four minute bake versus that 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's giving everybody still that um, that love of the, the, the New York style, because everybody's still stuck on New York here, um, versus true Neapolitan, they don't kind of understand that yet, to let's come up with a hybrid, you know, in between where they're getting the best of both worlds, and it has been a home run yet. It That's really has.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, from everything I've seen, uh, that style, which is re- like that hybrid of all pizzas, you could say all round pizzas are Neapolitan in a sense. And then, and for a long time, every pizzeria in America, whether it was Pizza Hut or whatever, they all referred to their pizzas as Neapolitan style, even though to Naples, Neapolitan meant wood fire, baked in 60 to 90 seconds, you know, uh, no adulteration, only San Marzano tomatoes, all those rules that right, they had. Right. And then and then we've been playing for the last 10 years, we've watched this back and forth between that, that uh, sort of, uh, uh, what's the word, the... Uh, you know, the authorized version of Neapolitan and the Americanized Neapolitan, which some people then started calling Neo-Neapolitan. And then there's the New York style, which is just Neo-Neapolitan in another form. And then there's the uh, Pizza Across America, which we call Pizza Americano, which is, again, a variation of Neapolitan. So it seems like, like a lot of people are finding their own sweet spot for what their market is loving and how to deliver that to them. That, and I think that's huge, is
3: understanding your market before you do anything. And we took weeks and months going to different neighborhoods. When I started to my friends' houses and having them invite friends over, we'd have seven different styles of crust. And I wanted to see what people liked. Forget the sauce, to cheese. We can come up with that later let's go to the base and and start our foundation from the bottom and work our way up and that's and, certainly and ne- that's
2: true neapolitan spirit because for them it's all about starting with the crust as well and then right. you know and then building up from there uh, so i know that in, we're going to have another segment with you and you're going to take us maybe you have to see the truck and shows uh, one of your pizzas but uh, b- before we do can you talk a little bit about uh based on everything that's built up to this moment in time, what are some of the choices that you've made? You said you're using American flour as opposed to, say, Italian double zero flour. Is that one of the – what other things are you doing? Um,
3: you know, we're using – uh of San Margiano tomatoes, we're using a good Stanislaus uh, – we're using three of their different types of tomatoes and blending them together. I uh-huh. um, doing more of a hybrid sauce that, you know, you have a lot of people that like a sweet sauce and a lot of people like a, a spicier sauce. We came in with a happy medium in between. Mm-hmm. So everybody would still like the sauce and not hate it one way or the other. Um, we're using the freshest grande, you know, fresh mozzarella to grande's, um, you know, uh, whole milk mozzarella. So mm-hmm. uh, we have different pizzas on the menu that are using fresh mots. Uh, on some pizzas, and then some are using straight like a good base of whole milk mozzarella.
2: You know, you know it's funny. I, I want to ask you something just a tech, because I just read this. In the Dough Doctor just wrote about the about cheeses in in the latest issue of uh, Pizza Today or PMQ, uh, and he talked about the difference between uh, a low a low uh, uh, a whole milk mozzarella and a low fat mozzarella, and the different functions of those. And he's actually you're know, advocating a blend of, of like 50-50 because he says the, the low-fat browns better and the high-fat doesn't brown as well, even though it tastes richer. Well, have you right. uh, played with that idea?
3: Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, here, here it goes again. Everybody in Charlotte is using a 50-50 blend, so let's be different. Everybody already understands what that taste is. Oh, is that know? right? Okay,
2: yeah. So, well, so you,
3: And you're seeing that more out there. And so let's go back to the whole, whole milk um versus the you know the low what i'm liking with the whole is um in the wood fire yeah it, does, it it i can go half the amount of cheese that i need and it doesn't cook the uh butter fat you know it doesn't cook down as fast because uh-huh. of the, uh, the butter fat in the milk or in the cheese so it's not cooking down as fast so it's giving it a nice just a beautiful just a perfect melted cheese because it's only taking three, four minutes, I can cut down on the, on the cost of putting so much cheese on ah. as if you were to have a 12-minute bake. Um, so it, it, it's changed a lot. So you're finding that, again, a hard. balance point. Uh, uh, and what kind of flour are you using? Uh, I, you know, I'm going back to the basics of all trumps, you know, because everybody uses it, and, and, and everybody's had a great result with it. We've tried multiple different ones, and I just keep coming back to the all trumps
2: isn't it funny some things just come full circle but you know we yeah. have to try everything and everybody and and the cool thing is is that uh different people have found different ways of going with this and some go with the lower protein or with this straight bread flour some with the with the uh the the even lower you know sort of double zero and then now there's the double zero high protein blends and that's uh, right that's right so, so there's something for everybody and, and, and by that.
3: using and we're using a Polish starter. Um, and we're letting that be anywhere from 12 to 18 hours and then turning around and giving it a, a two to three day, you know, uh, fermentation after that.
2: So really, um, you're not using a lot of yeast, a little bit of yeast and long fermentation. That's
3: right. That's right. And, and, we're, and, and you can taste the difference. It's amazing. You and I had a huge talk about this on that segment. Yeah. And, you know, th- between that 18 and 36... And then everybody's trying to stretch it out to 96 now. And yeah. can you go 100 hours? And, right. you know, I'm telling you that sweet spot for us is that 48 um, to right at 70. Not even – 72 is almost dying on us, you know. That's so, interesting. Yeah, I
2: think, well, you can get away with a longer fermentation with the high-protein flour, the Ultrams, than, than you can with, right. say, a lower-protein flour. So so it's all – it's again, it's, it's all about the balancing act of time, temperature, and ingredients, and uh, you seem to have found it. Uh, and especially right now and then who knows that could continue to evolve over time
3: yeah and you know going back to the original question is like what else are we you know the processes that we've learned through the years has really streamlined us at king of fire like being able to streamline knowing how to do high volume when you go into a neighborhood how can you pump out you know 120 pizzas in an hour and a half right you know out of out of a wood-fired oven without killing the wood-fired and oh by the way with uh only running with three to four people in a truck versus you need seven people to do 120 pizzas at a typical place you know yeah uh, and that fast of a time so being able to have those procedures that we've done throughout the years um has really streamlined that whole process for us
2: well i say that you're sitting in like a uh in a kitchen in there this is uh is this where it all happens for you you've got like a uh a central yeah, kitchen that, that yeah that i mean you see all the, the
3: refrigeration
2: that's oh, a lot man. of refrigeration man
3: yeah but you know with with not having a walk-in and doing dough you've got to have room for dough trays and everything so and running you know three four day processes and dough you gotta have some room
2: so this is like a commissary for you where where is the commissary uh in relationship to like where all your business is
3: um well, where we're at now is actually at a church um, out in Rock Hill, South Carolina. But we're actually moving our whole operation over off of Carowinds, which is more South Charlotte. Right on um, the border. Right on the border, because everything for here, everywhere we go is 30 minutes from here. Now we'll be able to cut our times to 15 minutes by moving closer in. So we're in the uh, transition by January 1. We'll be in our full new commissary. and going to have a walk uh, in there? <laughs>
2: We're going to have a walk-in. All right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's a month. Well, it's an, mm-hmm. The whole thing is like an evolving process. And and you've only really been king of, in the King of Fire game for what, maybe two years now, two and a half years? Yeah, we
3: started so, in right. November of 2018, but really didn't get serious until March of 2019.
2: So less than two years, really. And yeah. it's already come this far. Uh, it seems like it's just been uh, an amazing learning and growing experience for you and and for your team, who we will meet in the next segment. In fact, why don't we take a little break here, give you a chance to go out and uh, fire up the oven, and uh, we'll meet you at. Uh, do you have you given your your different trucks names, or do you, how do you differentiate them from each <laughs> other? No, yes, and
3: and none of us can remember the names, <laughs> so it's kind of it's been really fun. But yeah, we got to figure this out. Um, we <laughs> did name our our trucks uh, K and. Uh, I know it's my kids' middle's names. So, <laughs> <laughs> the problem is I can't remember which one's Kay and, and which one's um what's the other one? Uh, Diane D- and B- and, yeah. uh, and Jane. So yeah, we're 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 trying to figure out you know, have yeah. you
2: been have you been out to uh to Noble Smoke, to the barbecue place here in Charlotte? Uh, no,
3: but um, I've got a buddy of mine that's our, our newest manager, Chris. He's got to take me there. I told him he's got to take me well, up.
2: You've got you to, gotta to go, go but and get uh, Jim Noble, the, the owner and proprietor, to take you back to show you his smokers because he's given each one of his smokers a name, and each one oh, is the same thing as you, a know, family member name. Uh, well, and know, he's got it pretty memorized. <laughs> well, well, Jim Noble was a big part of our
3: success um, at, when he had roosters, uh my partner, Joe, took me there to break the news that he just bought all the rights and, and he was coming in as my competitor uh, if I didn't sell or sell my restaurants to him at the time. So um, I, I've huh. known Jim Noble for a little bit, you know, so yeah. it, it's um, I, I love his
2: restaurant. Things. He's one of Charlotte's great restaurateurs. <laughs> and so, uh, yes, yeah, so I just we'll, we'll have to go get barbecue there sometime. Let, uh, let's definitely make that happen. Well, let's take a little break here. Why don't you all join us on the next segment? We're going to join Sila outside at uh, in front of one of the ovens K or J or, or Diane or you or whichever. I don't know which one. It's, it's, it's gonna be Jane. this one's gonna be Jane that we're going to see. okay let's well, go be yeah. Jane and we'll see all of you back in part two of uh, pizza talk today with Sila Chapman. See you then.
1: The future of farming in America is uncertain. Our farmers are aging and selling off their land. But the pandemic has revealed the importance of local farms as the national and international supply chain continues to be disrupted.
2: I mean, it's not like most farmers have a company-sponsored
0: retirement plan.
1: I'm Hannah Forden, HRN's program manager, and I want to tell you about a new show. Hosted by John Piotti, the president and CEO of American Farmland Trust, and produced in collaboration with Heritage Radio Network, this is No Farms, No Future. There is a new generation of small farmers. We're here to tell their stories, share knowledge, and dig deep into the future of American farming. From Land Stewardship.
3: We are losing 2,000 acres of farmland a
1: day. The price of land is often so high that it's really hard to get started. To cracks in the supply chain.
0: By the time I go shopping every single day, there's no meat left to feed my family.
1: The future of farms is the future of food. Subscribe to No Farms, No Future, a new podcast from American Farmland Trust and Heritage Radio Network. Find us wherever you like to listen.
2: Welcome back to Pizza Talk. And I'm Outside now is Tyler Chapman, who uh, has already been giving us a little bit of a, the background of how he went from being the uh, the wonder kid in the pizza world with, a, with his own pizzeria to a whole chain of pizzerias to now uh, out on the road with three uh, uh, trailer rigs, uh, fire within uh, systems that uh, each one's a little different, each one with a different name. Um, which one's that? What's that? What's that rig behind you called? So th- this is called K. Okay, um, that's K. so we named them all again after my
3: my kids middle names yeah um and the only way i can remember k uh this trailer being k is for uh chris uh even though he spells it with a c and this yeah. one's with a k but it kind of kind of reminds me of the the two so is that the and one then, chris, does chris run that one or does, yeah chris does... runs this one full time and um he, he absolutely loves it it's a good trailer uh, a lot cool. of room inside and stuff so What we'll do is um, we'll kind of pop in here and kind of let you guys see. Okay. Um, Now, everybody laughs. They're like, what's the propane for? Does that run the up? And absolutely not. It actually runs the generator that's over here. So um, it's 100% um, propane. And so that allows you to get full – you know, it's a quiet generator and it you never have to fill up. It, it
2: runs for weeks at a time on the propane. So you don't have to have electricity then. You could be anywhere to do this.
3: We can be absolutely anywhere. And so you can see like our little dose uh, section here where we make the dose. And uh. then we work down the line here. And then we can uh, stage them here. And then we have the little fire running right there as well. Uh, everything cut, cut down the cut table. Then we've got our sinks. And then our three compartment sinks, which we like to fill up with everything. But, uh, water, <laughs> well, it looks so. like you
2: had a job. You, you came from a big job yesterday, and now you're kind of uh, winding yeah. back down and winding up for another big job tonight.
3: Yeah, so uh, we're, we're – and the cool thing with these is you can literally just straight pressure wash everything out, and it goes into the hole there. And so
2: we're about to sit here and pressure wash all these trucks and trailers right now. So then uh, uh, sorry, the are, you mentioned that those are uh, Forno Bravo ovens. Do you happen yeah. to know which model? of it for people who want to know I, what model you use i don't know the names of these
3: because they're made specifically for these trucks or you know for the trailers but the one in here you'll know very well it's the um it's the um let me let me change here so this one's a little different setup um we are installing the quiet generator on this one next week actually um but with the enclosed window here going down the road, you can see the big, uh, and this one's the 140, I think it is, or the 120? No, it's the 140, uh, but it's, uh, is it the Neop- uh, Napletano one that they call oh, it? it? could um, be. Uh, and they... so this is Forno Bravo's like big commercial one. It's a, it's a little bit heavier um, insulated, um, but this one also came gas assist. So you can see the gas assist. But you can see down below, we cut it off. So you don't so even use have, it? Yeah, so that we could actually just use strictly 100% wood, so. Um, but this one runs very well and you can see um, she's not 100% up to temp because you can tell in the back with the blackness on the, on the dome there. Uh-huh. Um, but this trailer's set up very well. Uh, you got your prep table. We uh, streamline things where we have the racks here. So as you're making um, you know, a couple hundred pies. You can actually put the board on there and rack them up, getting them. You know, staging to go in the ovens. So, um, and underneath you there you keep cranking. If bucket. you're at a
2: big job, you've just got to keep them coming.
3: That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's nothing for us to pump out 120 pizzas in a, in a you know in a, in a two hour window, not with no problems.
2: That's that's so, a that's like a hundred yard dash. It's the it's intense.
3: That's right, and. Um,
2: Kinda, I think you know this guy. I don't, who's I don't know. Who's this guy? Looks familiar. <laughs> hey, what's up? This is this is this is the, the K the Chris who's also the K. <laughs> he drives the that's K. Right, drives. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So so why don't you introduce Chris to everybody?
3: Okay, so Chris uh, is my right arm man. He is my uh, one of the things that I've learned through the years is um, give some ownership. So Chris is actually going to um, work his way up to multiple levels of ownership with King of Fire.
2: For his crushing cool. trailer, so nice. We're super now, uh, excited to have him on. Now, now, what's your last name, Chris? <laughs> uh, Reinhardt. <laughs> okay, so that's see, that's where the familiarity comes. Uh, yeah. Chris is my nephew. Just so for full disclosure, for everybody who's watching, <laughs> yeah. uh, and Chris and I have been through like what three different pizzerias to worked together uh, over the years. Uh, yeah, Johnson and Wales graduate who. Uh, Started working at uh, Pie Town first, right? You and yeah, you had your, yeah. had your teeth at Pie Town. That was, yeah, Town. Back
3: in, that was uh, 2008. Yeah,
2: yeah, and that was kind of a, a cool little gourmet pizza restaurant. And then and then Chris and the team from from Pie Town moved over to a place called uh, Pure Pizza, which for a number of years until until a year and a half ago was I think making the best pizza in Charlotte. Uh, until this this uh, other guy uh, who opened King of Fire happened. And suddenly all of a sudden a whole new level of pizza started coming in and now you're, Oh, and then you are working at an also doing Neapolitan pizza. Yeah. So your fourth, your fourth, sort of experience, uh, mm-hmm. as you develop a sort of a, what would you word? A, a realm of uh, repertoire and a, uh, a resume in the pizza world that will allow yeah. you to do whatever you want in the future, including yeah, be a partner in King of Fire. <laughs> yeah. So,
3: <laughs> so it's been, it's been cool. a blessing to have him on the team. And, um, you know, we're learning from each other, and that's the cool part. Like, there's things he's teaching me, and I'm still learning, and, and there's things he's like, oh, I didn't even think we could do that. You know? And, that's great. And it's been yeah. fun. So, for sure. Uh, but uh, why don't we have – And he, to gives, our family, he gives our pizza. family
2: some bragging rights, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: for sure. <laughs> and, and every pizza that comes out of the oven, I always say, uh, "Does uh, would Peter
2: uh, approve of that <laughs> <laughs> And if not, throw that thing on the fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> And, and does you know who you're talking about when you call me Peter? Because he calls me Uncle Doug.
0: Yeah, that's why i him, like, who's
2: yeah. Peter? Uh,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. And so <laughs> since then,
3: um, I've been able to call him Meatball now. So yeah. it's,
2: been a good, it's been a good relationship. So. Little childhood <laughs> nickname. Yeah, when you were a kid, <laughs> yeah. the, your friends used to you it. So, yeah. well, well, why don't you show us, uh, you know, uh, what you can do with that oven. Okay, yeah. perfect. This is, of course, the, the viewers uh, on Pizza Talk, that's their favorite part is when they actually get to see – uh, something being made, and and I think because we're all a lot of our viewers are in in the pizza business, they know how to make pizzas, but they also want to see what everybody else is doing. And then we have a lot of folks who are thinking about it. I mean, you know, they're they're enthusiasts, home cooks. Uh, they're always looking for techniques and and uh, you know sort of tips. And then some of those end up uh, doing like Pauly G and going from being a home pizza guy to becoming a world-famous uh, pizza operator. You just yeah, know. it's amazing how
3: he's come along with that. You know, Polly G's done a phenomenal job.
2: So, so Chris, your, your uh, shaping technique has evolved over the years, it looks like. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you put uh, that yeah, one out on pretty some, fast, yeah. That's in practice. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure.
3: Yeah, it's amazing. He's been amazed on how many pies a little truck can actually put out in a, in yeah. a, in a day's worth of time, you know.
2: Well, let me yeah, ask no, uh, to just for, from a technique side. So, you have a, this is going to be about a 12 inch pizza, would you say? No, actually, it's going
3: to be a 10 inch, uh, a 10 little inch. Okay, personal so pizza that we offer.
2: And how um, much does that dough ball weigh?
3: Uh, it's eight ounces on the money. Okay, eight ounces of dough for. for and we're going to use uh, 2.65 ounces of cheese. I'm giving all the recipes up here. Wow. <laughs> um, we're using uh, uh, Iso pepperoni. Which is very hard to find uh, in Charlotte, but we
2: have been able to get it. They certainly made a big impression in the pizza community. Ezo, it's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's interesting how pepperoni has gone from being sort of like ridiculed to becoming now, now even the international community wants American pepperoni.
3: Yes, yes, and they and they all want the old school. You know, now he's throwing in a little secret in right there. That's our crushed red pepper. Ah. Um so we're going to
2: make the honey pie for you today. Oh, okay. And this is one of our top sellers right now. So so the honey obviously will go on after it comes out of the oven. That's correct. Yeah, and, you, you
3: know, you could do it before, but what we've found out is it actually makes it very, very greasy. So. Yeah.
2: And, and it'll, it could run off. But are you, uh, are you using regular uh, local honey or hot honey or, or what? Uh, yeah,
3: we're using just uh, one of our local um, farmers here um right there in tika k uh-huh
2: which what is again tika hills.
3: Yeah, T, uh, T, yeah, tika, tika.
2: tika hills farm right there in tika tika T- k. T- 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 hills farm is uh, uh you know uh, an organic uh, grower right Of uh, uh, that's correct grower. yeah yep, yeah we, uh, we we get their stuff at the farmer's market and uh and so this piece is uh, what, about what do you set this oven to
3: um, I, we With like 10. to run, um, you know, starting out about that eight to eight fifty mark, um, really? but then we'll let it we'll let it c- calm down a little bit to about the seven fifty mark um, when we get actually pumping them out and um, yeah, because you're
2: making you're them. Three, not, you're not going for a, a sixty second bake. You're going for like a four minute bake, which I like. Yeah. I think we we did that. Chris and I did that over at uh, Pie Town and at, at Pure Pizza. We love that four minute bake because we got that the great sort of puff plus the the, the snap.
3: That's right, and, and I think yeah. that's huge. And you can see Chris's face right now, how he actually has a smile on his face. I've been teaching <laughs> yeah. him when, when he cooks, he needs to smile because here in Southern hospitality world, we got to have a smile on our face, and uh, it, it tastes so much better. I don't, yeah. I don't know what it is about that, but it really works. So that's another <laughs> secret here, trade secret. That's, oh, that's so good. That's he's good. cooking this off, why don't we run out here to see the other trailer real fast okay so this yeah is the concession uh they call it the concessionaire uh yeah concessionaire trailer so you can see it holds the prep uh, table in the truck and then uh this one just came back from a wedding last night so and is, it's is that the one weird. that
2: you used to bring and park out in front of johnson absolutely absolutely and so, so like if you had inclement weather you could put it you would build a tent around that to protect it right correct correct Yep. Yeah. um
3: and then what we do is we keep it um today again is all wash and detail day so we keep it i keep it in my garage at home just so that you know as it's getting cold and stuff like that huh. um, yeah let's uh let's take a look because you know it does we're not doing a 60 second cook we're doing a little slow cook. you kind of see it coming out Let me get yeah,
2: yeah. So the one that you just showed us—that was that the first one? Was that the one you launched the company with? Yes, the absolutely. the concessioner. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so, so we've had. I think that it's this is good two thousand eighteen. Because there are a lot of people uh, who watch these these uh, you know episodes who might be thinking about getting into the game that the whole world has changed. As you said, uh, brick and mortar pizzerias are kind of giving way to more of these mobile pizzerias. A few years ago, it was considered crazy to go into this business and, and rare and, and extreme. Uh, and speaking of extreme, you know, while we're waiting for that pizza, uh, can you kind of tell everybody a little bit about your background? You, you, you didn't start out as a pizza guy. You went into pizza because you had you got injured, right? You were an athlete who got yeah, hurt. Yeah. And, and this was like your fallback plan. Yeah. So
3: I, I was a, I turned, um, I was a motocross racer all my life. And, um, from 12 years, I was seven years old and then all the way up to 16, I ended up breaking my back and a really bad crash wow. down in Florida. And, um, you know, what do you do when your whole life, you, I was homeschooled. My whole entire career was all around, uh, all around, you know, motocross, motocross, motocross. My best friend's mother owned a pizzeria down in Waxhaw, North Carolina. And him and I would work there, you know, occasionally. And and the love of pizza, I think, is what – that's where it started. And uh-huh. I went to, you know, UNC Charlotte for mechanical engineering woke up one morning after 9-11. And literally, it, it was my very first semester. And 9-11 happened – Um, all these kids came back from schools, lost their jobs. And I didn't understand that, Peter, because they, some guy ran a a plane in a building. You lost your job. I just couldn't grasp that in my head. And we ended up literally, I kept praying hard, hard, hard about what I need to do in life because I I just knew right then that was not what I wanted to do. And that little thing said, you got to open a pizza place. And literally, probably four or five months after that. I raised up
2: about $250,000, and we opened it, and I was 18 years old. So Wow. Well, yeah, and it then, was crazy. And, and, <laughs> and then you were off and running. And then uh, how long after that, did before you met Tony, Jim and Johnny, and joined his team?
3: Um, probably a year later, um, I met Tony, and this is the funny part. Tony hated me. He, <laughs> uh, I got booed <laughs> off the stage in New York. Um, I <laughs> completely sucked at what I did, and he told me never to come back. I heard about a competition in LA that they were doing and I ended up went out there and he saw me and I said, Tony, tell everybody I suck. Don't let the TV, you know, stations know that just tell them not even film me. I ended up going up there and winning. It really pissed them off because I had to redo my, um, redo the uh, thing so that all the TV shows could, you know, my routine for the TV show could actually catch the footage. So it made him look bad again and he hated me. So we uh, it's a great that start, <laughs> yeah. That, I think that was 2004. Uh, by 2005, we uh, we had already gone to Italy, uh, as the U.S. pizza team. He was the coach of that at that time. We uh, came back, we all just sat down, me, him, Michael Shepard, Joe Carlucci, sat down in a, in a hotel in West Virginia and said, We gotta, we gotta form our own team, we're gonna call it the World Pizza Champions. And um, that's how it all began in 2005.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's so. amazing. And, that, and and all of you guys were, were really getting known for the acrobatic side of things. And Correct. everybody was making regular pizza. Now all of you are known not only for that and maybe are doing less of that and you know, coaching others in that, but, but now you're really known for your pizzas. And it seems like that's the right. shift and really went to the, to the quality of pizza at that point.
3: Yeah. In 2007, I think it was, Tony came to me and was like, Saler, we all got to start shifting to being chefs we we've had fun and we've got a lot of press over the acrobatics, but that's only going to be short lived let's let's all become phenomenal chefs and and get our respect there and and i I didn't understand that because I was still a kid, and I really wanted to focus on the acrobatics side of things um, but Tony was right. you see where tony's at today you know thirteen time world champion, and he's you know he's done phenomenal things with all styles of pizza. You know, he literally took and ran with, um, going and learning Detroit style, um, Midwestern all the way to Neapolitan to, uh, Roman style. He he's, he's done every style out Mm -hmm. there and he, and he incorporated in his restaurant, and he was one of the um, the only ones that ever
2: did that. And you see where he's at today; he's on the top. So, well, do you see yourself? Uh, you've got your this particular style now that you've dialed in really perfectly. Uh, do you see yourself adding in some of these other styles into your absolutely,
3: room? absolutely? We're you know we've got a lot to handle right now in the in the procedures and and the volume we're doing out yeah. of these trailers. Yeah, that yeah, it's tough; it's super tough because you can do it where, where we're at right now. If you do a par-baked detroit and then finish it in the oven we could totally do that um we can do the sicilians and the grandmas in here um but operationally in the volume we're doing yeah it's like you'd have to bring a second trailer in just to do those styles so we're trying to figure out that sweet spot yeah. Um, and and see where where it all comes together. So
2: uh, yeah, it take a while. It doesn't all have to be figured out overnight. That's for sure. And with right. the way the world is changing so rapidly, you know, it's probably safer to just stay with one thing, and do it well, and then and see you know before you make yeah. another investment. See yeah, and you know, going. and
3: these pop up um, shipping container places are starting to come big. That's right. And I, I see us doing that. I, I really see us doing one of those where we can introduce all the different styles where we can have an electric oven in there and have a wood fired oven. And at the same time, I think that's, I think that's going to be 2021, 2022, you'll see something of that nature. So
2: that'll be but the, let's, the let's, next, um, the next brick and mortar will be a, uh, uh, a cart and mortar kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it yeah, it yeah. Does,
3: you know. Um, so let's see so that let's pizza over here and uh, let, let Chris uh, show us what he's got here. So, so, you can kind of see it's got that nice, good oh, cook all the way around. Hold it up and let's see the bottom a little bit. So, you can see the nice, nice, nice jar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Got all that so pina, go And you got
2: those beautiful cups, those little pepperoni cups.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all about the little old school. I call them old school. I know there's a better name for it, but I just love this style. Um, yeah.
2: And then we'll. Um, oh, and now the
3: honey? Now the honey. So, we do a nice little drizzle on top.
2: You know, honey has become so popular now. Uh, it really Whether it's hot has, honey or local insane. honey, you name it. What do you think honey does to pizza that makes it just pop?
3: It, you know, you can't even taste it. It's just that sweetness. It, it brings that nice sweetness in for everybody. And um, I, I think that just, it, it just makes a, a big difference there.
2: Well, that's a beautiful pizza. What would a pizza like that, if, if I if I see your, your truck out there and I want to buy one of those pizzas, what, what does it cost? just $10. Ten, Simple really? as that. Ten, 10 bucks for that.
3: Yeah. That's, and and, that's and a, here's Chris, he laughs at me cause he's like, you're too cheap. <laughs> and I'm like, let's just keep doing it in volume. You know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, so, well, you're, you're building a following right now. And King of fire went from being totally unknown a year and a half ago to now being sort of the, not just the new kid on the block, but all of a sudden there's buzz about you guys and you've got it. You've got your, your, uh, Social, net, so what does it go? Social uh, marketing thing going yeah. with, with the sending out announcements. I get every Tuesday, I get an announcement on where you're going to be. Yeah, and yeah, so, and
3: and yeah. you know, Peter, it's so funny. Like it's it's. I didn't want it to be this way, and I had to check my own self on this. But we have created a cult like following in in a respectful way. But these and and Chris can maybe talk about this because he didn't really understand this until he got on the truck. These people will come out of the woodworks. They'll blow my phone up at 1130 at night trying to find out where we're located. And I'm like, guys, I'm at home asleep. You know, like,
2: what do you mean?
1: We're
3: we're all over the Fort Mill, Rock Hill, Indian land area. We go to different neighborhoods every night and we'll see the same, same guy three times a week and he'll be in Rock Hill. We'll be in Rock Hill. And it will be twenty-five minutes up in Fort Mill and They're you know, following they, they you. follow us all over. Yeah. That's that's sounds- social the social media really helps with that by letting yeah. you
2: know where the truck letting everybody know where the truck's gonna be. We have the addresses on there and so it's it's super easy and convenient for people to find us and then you know, um,
3: we just put out a really great product, so you know they're. Well, gonna that's
2: through. the best marketing there is: is word of mouth like that, and Pat, when people are passionate about your product, you know you're onto something. And so, yeah. congratulations for all that. By the way, for those who are, who are watching from different parts of the country, uh, the area they're talking about, Rock Hill, Fort Mill, that's right on the border of North Carolina and South Carolina. So you guys are kind of in both Carolinas at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 uh, Charlotte, where I'm based, is right also on the on the uh, southern border of North Carolina. Uh, just a few, you know, half an hour from Rock Hill, uh, where where you do a lot of your business. But uh, yeah. are you doing some stuff over on our side? Then you're. you're oh be up
3: yeah, there? we were we were in Sedgefield the other night. Um, we had a big event over there, um, and we're we're getting and we do a lot in Mooresville, Huntersville. So that's uh, on the northern uh, side. We do a lot of one-offs, yeah, which is another you know, thirty. So we're an hour away from there. Um, but that's the beauty of these trucks is we can pick up and go wherever you want us to go. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is we don't have enough trucks yet to cover all of Charlotte market. That's the beauty of it. Like we can, we can get another five or we could have five to six total trucks and, and
2: still be busy every single day of the week. But then you're going to need to find like five Chris's out there to run those trucks. Each <laughs> well, truck's did you hear they
3: Chris. just got that new machine there in Charlotte right by you where we can clone them? We're going to try that out. We're going to get a meatball number two.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll have K1, K2, K3. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is great. Thank Thanks so much for sharing all of this with us. Congratulations yeah. on everything you're doing. Uh, if people want to try, you know, like uh, find out more about, Perfecting Pizza, what's the best way for them to reach you?
3: Perfectingpizza.com. Uh, it's Perfect. Siler at perfectingpizza.com is my email. Feel free to reach out any questions. We'd love to help. Um, and then um, King of Fire Pizza
2: is on Facebook and uh, Instagram. So Instagram. follow us there too. Yeah. And uh, uh, for those who are interested in re- hearing more about the Perfecting Pizza, where, uh, Siler and, and Michael Shepard were interviewed on Pizza Quest, our, our website, yep. a couple of years ago, before you jumped into the the King of Fire thing, you were you were uh, all in on that. And and so we had a great interview, written interview, uh, uh, which you can just go to pizzaquest.com, uh, and the search engine just put Siler Chapman, and it'll lead you to uh, both this interview, but also to the, the written interview with Michael, where they talk a little bit about the, the vision of helping other pizzerias uh, perfect their business, not just perfect the That's pizza, right. but perfect the business itself. Well, and think about this, Peter. Think of this.
3: If the average pizza place does 6% net profit, we need you to be at 20%. That's our goal in, at Perfecting Pizza. How do you get to 20% profit? And if you're not doing that right now, you need to be on perfectingpizza.com. So. That's,
2: that's a perfect target. Clear and measurable goals and how yes. to get there. That's so, right. Siler Chapman, king of fire. Chris Reinhardt, thank you both for for uh, sharing. I wish I was there uh, having a slice of that pizza with you right now. It looks really really good. <laughs> we're, we're on the way. We're yeah. on right. the way. <laughs> well, 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 continued success, uh, continued growth. It looks like it's happening slow and steady, but it's happening. Yes. And uh, yes. and just stay on, in control of that. And uh, and for those who want to sort of follow their path, you know how to track them, but also. They're, they're blazing a path that other people, I think, are going to try to do throughout the country, whether it's yeah. through Fire Within or, uh, you know, everyone has their own path to get there. But there are certainly templates now and, and case studies of people that are proving that this can really be a successful operation. Are you at that 20% point now? Um Unfortunately, we're at, a, we're running around at 54%
3: right now, so. <laughs> 54%? Yeah, food trailers are are next level,
2: sorry. so <laughs> even, better, um, even better than a restaurant. <laughs> there's
3: no overhead. We love it.
2: There you um, go. All right. You got to rewrite that book, The Perfecting Pizza Book. We're, New we're targets. Have a Forget edition. 20%, we're going for 50% now. <laughs> that's
3: right, that's right. And that's, it's, it's almost impossible to do on a brick and mortar. But in the mobile world, it's it's there. So there there's no overhead, and um, it, it's a beautiful thing.
2: It, it used to be a hard sell. I remember when Fire Within just was first starting, and we did some filming with them, uh, how hard it was to convince people to give it a try. Now people are lining up because they're realizing just when you hear 54%, all of a sudden the line gets a little longer. So <laughs>
3: That's right. That's right. And when I started before we started, like, really pumping it up, it was just me, my wife, and a couple employees. It was 62%. So. But now we're, we're, we're adding a lot of labor. We're trying to be more efficient and stuff in that aspect. So. Will
2: Perfecting Pizza be writing manuals for the operators of, of uh, mobile units? Yeah, we're already doing it. So All right, Fantastic. All right folks. You know where to find them. Uh, thank you for joining us on Pizza Talk. And keep coming back. Uh, we'll be uh, b- b- posting new interviews with people all the time. People are doing exciting things like Siler Chapman here, right here in Charlotte. Thank you, guys. Talk Thank to you again you. soon. Thank you. Bye, guys. Pizza Quest is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Wanna be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Thanks for listening.